Hi there, this is Kent Roundy back again at USH Med Student. I have three students with me. I think you've all been here for previous uh, podcasts, right? Or attempts at a podcast. Uh, let's start with introductions. Nuria? Hi, I'm Nuria. I'm a third year medical student. Good to have you here, Nuria. I'm Natalie Pratt, a fourth year medical student. And last but not least, I'm Brandon Trujillo. I'm a fourth year medical student. Now, Brandon, um, I think you've noticed that every time you've been involved in these podcasts, I, I ask, where are you from, where are you going kinds of questions. So tell me, tell me, uh, fourth year medical student, tell me what your hopes are at the end of this year, where, where you're going to be. Well, I'm applying for family medicine residency programs, hopefully be it at an Air Force base somewhere. That would be my, my goal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you are also engaged. I think that uh, came out in mm -hmm. one of the previous discussions. Engaged to Natalie, who's sitting to your side. Yep. Also in the Air Force, I understand. Correct. Thank you very much for your service, guys. <laughs> you haven't done anything yet. <laughs> well, uh, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> and, I, and thank you for what you'll do. Um, Treatment-resistant depression. You uh, thought that this would be an interesting topic to discuss. Tell me why you came to the topic. How was it that the idea percolated up through uh, the neurons? Well, depression is one of the most common things we see on any rotation in our third year. And as a family physician, it's one of the it's a very common thing you'll see among your patients. And it's such a big topic in psychology. But as I said, it's a big topic everywhere else, so I felt that it was most beneficial to me to learn more about this. I think you've mentioned uh, previously that it shows up on every shelf exam. It does. S some form of depression. Mm -hmm. And the answer is commonly sertraline, you said. If the answer is sertraline, that's, it's like yeah. straightforward. Yeah, if, the, if it's asking you what's the first line treatment, it's some SSRI, whatever's available. <laughs> so, quick review of depression. Nuria, we've talked about SIGI caps before. Sleep changes, uh, changes in interests, uh, usually a decrease in interest, right? Uh, feelings of guilt, remorse, rumination over things for the past, uh, changes in energy level, down, not up. Changes in concentration, worsening, not improving. S-I-G-E-C-A, changes in appetite can go either direction, like, like sleep. Sleep can be less or more. Appetite can be less or more, right? Um, P, psychomotor slowing, and S, suicide, right? Mm -hmm. That's eight, but I think there are nine criteria. What did we decide? There's eight. There's eight, okay. <laughs> there was a brain fart last time. <laughs> I think what he just said is my, his, his mouth was away from the uh, microphone, I'm pretty sure he said he had slight brain fog last time. <laughs> but to be honest, I've still got it because I can't remember the entire number. And you said five out of eight last time, right? Yeah, five out of eight. That's a very important number, five. Five. As you're going through the, the vignettes, you got to count those five. Four is not it. And sometimes the fifth one is not as clear as you would like it to be. They don't just say, yeah, this person has trouble eating. <laughs> now, Nuria, you've had some questions that you've reviewed on uh, your practice exams. What kinds of trends are you noticing in the practice exams for questions about depression? Um, I would say the most important thing in questions about depression is that read to the question, first rule out anything that might be there to lead you somewhere else. So like, sometimes you'll have a patient with depression symptoms and they'll throw in like one line that points you toward them having hypomania 
and then you know it's not unipolar depression, it's bipolar 2. Or if they have symptomatic depression, and it turns out they have also psychosis, then you know they're pointing more towards schizophrenia, and the depression stuff is not what you think it is. So it's important, number one, rule out anything that might be not depression. And then, as Brandon said, you want to count to make sure you're hitting that 5 out of 8. Okay. So just uh, just following up on that a little bit, it sounds like what you're saying is there are lots of, a lot of kinds of root or stems to questions that involve depression, but you have to make sure that it's not uh, bipolar depression, it's not schizoaffective disorder, depressive type. Um, you need to make sure it's not some sort of medically induced kind of uh, affective presentation and so forth. Very, very helpful. All right. So um, I think we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Um, the test answer, take the SSRI, right? But in practice, you guys have been on a couple of rotations now. How often does the SSRI that is provided by the test answer solve the problem when you're in practice? Sometimes it will and sometimes it won't. It's, it's, it's uh, totally taking a guess at what will work and if it doesn't, try something else. All right, so what happens if you try something else and it doesn't work? Try something else again. <laughs> and what happens when you try something else again and it doesn't work? Well, it depends on how you define doesn't work. <laughs> Tell me about that. So, either it's incomplete, um, so it's working a little bit, but you're not getting the results you want, so then you can augment the therapy with something else while continuing the, the, the first medication. Mm -hmm. Or if you are unsatisfied with the effects that the medications are having and think that they're not doing anything, then you want to switch to something different entirely and hope that you can get uh, remission or at least partial remission of depression. Mm -hmm. So uh, the definition of treatment-resistant depression, wh what is that? So treatment-resistant depression has not been officially defined, but researchers that study this they each have to define it for themselves for their own articles and so the common consensus seems to be that if a patient has failed at least two medications antidepressants that are in different classes and they've been on those medications for I'm using quotations here an adequate amount of time at an adequate dosage those terms can vary to interpretation but that's that's well, that's what treatment depre resistant depression is. So a lot of variation about the definition. Mm -hmm. The the FDA has some tools that are approved for treatment of treatment resistant depression, and yet the FDA has not defined treatment resistant depression as far as I understand. Does that sound right? It sounds right to me. <laughs> so, so if we find something different, we'll we'll list it. We'll we'll link it to the podcast. All right. So so treatment dep resistant depression. What's the consequence of treatment resistant depression? What's the what's the importance of of knowing depression for you beyond? So well, let's, let me let me ask one question first. Depression is important because it is ubiquitous in your examinations. It's ubiquitous throughout the experiences you have as medical students. Mm -hmm. it, it has a huge morbidity and mortality in the world. It affects people dramatically. It affects their ability to succeed at their jobs and their relationships and their lives in many ways. It causes suicide, which is what seems to be one of the 
easiest problems to change life expectancy or lifespans, right, from any different condition. Um, yeah, it hasn't been, but it seems that way, right? And, and so it's a, it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Treatment-resistant depression may be even more important. What kind of information did you see about the cost of treatment-resistant depression on society? As a society, as a nation, millions of hours of people's time go, you know, are lost because of their struggle with the symptoms of depression. And big. Yeah. You're saying big. Millions <laughs> of hours is big, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think one of the articles that I looked at that you sent along talked about um, lost productivity, mm -hmm. Cost of treatment, hospital utilization, healthcare utilization, and, and this, these numbers just start to multiply, right? And and we're talking monetary costs, and that excludes the the loss, the the personal loss, right? Right. Um, so, treatment resistant depression, defined as um, at least some level of a number of failed treatments, sometimes two, sometimes three sometimes in class, sometimes out of class, depending on the researcher. Right. And uh, there are also different kinds of response. So there's incomplete response, so a partial response. Mm -hmm. There's no response, and there's you know, remission, right? So there's this sort of spectrum of response. And uh, one of the things that you and I were talking about was even though there is a, a lot of discussion about treatment-resistant depression, one of the things I think you and I like is the Texas, the TMAP, the Texas, mm, what does that stand for? I've <laughs> <laughs> written down on my notes. <laughs> uh, medication Algorithm Project, maybe? Mm -hmm, yeah. TMAP. So uh, the group out of Texas put together a plan, hey, if you have somebody that comes in depressed, Here's the first thing you do. Uh -huh. If you get a partial response, here's the it, next thing you do. Augmentation. If none of that works, here's step two. Right. So, so it got pretty complicated. Mm -hmm. We decided that that was a podcast in itself. Right. Okay. So we're going to pick that one up later. One of the other things that we talked about was how many different treatments there are for depression. Yeah. So, not just medications. Right. So I want. I'm. I'm going to go around. We're going to do like a round robin here. And I want you to just mention something that's used for uh, treatment of depression. I'm going to start. I'm going to mention the MAOI medications, the monoamine oxidase inhibitors. Tricyclic antidepressants. So tricyclics, good. Can I say cognitive therapy? Cognitive behavioral <laughs> therapy. There is a ton of support for cognitive behavioral therapy. Good. ECT. ECT. Um, vagal nerve stimulators. Uh, magnet, magnetic resonance therapy. RTMS, so I'm not sure what the R stands for. Repetitive Transcranial Magnetic Stimulation, right? RTMS? Oh, that sounds correct to me. Uh, I think that's right. Um, SSRIs. <laughs> aerobic exercise. <laughs> there does seem to be some evidence for aerobic exercise in treatment of depression. Okay, I'm going to throw one out. Um, light therapy. I've seen papers that studied yoga and meditation. Yoga and meditation. There's definitely some evidence out there for that. Uh, diet, maybe? <laughs> um, there, there have been a number of uh, papers that look at diet. Yep. See, we talked about that last week. With, uh, 
with micro mm -hmm. the the gut brain axis. micro by <laughs> axis microbiota something or another right mm -hmm. yeah we haven't we haven't uh, mentioned SNRIs no we haven't Might be a fruit at this point. <laughs> um, I was I was leaving that out there for you guys how about other antidepressants the ones that don't fit in SNRI tricyclic atypical, atypical antidepressants um, Oh, and you're saying aug augmentation with antipsychotic medications, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there's also, let's see, anybody else have one? I think I have one more. Uh, well, buterin, so bupropion. So, bupropion, and that is one that fits in what we sometimes call the atypical antidepressants, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Ritazapine. Sometimes also grouped in those atypical antidepressants, but I think worth mentioning individually because they seem to be different than other medications. Mm -hmm. What else? Augmentation with lamotrigine. The Texas, uh, the TMAP study did that, right? And mm -hmm. I think there was also, uh, other people have looked at lithium augmentation. Mm -hmm. So there are all of these treatments that are out there and what we're going to do next time is talk about uh, how you choose from those, mm -hmm. right? In the order that we choose them in. Tough question. Mm -hmm. And there's, I think, a lot of opinions about that. Mm -hmm. How are we gonna figure out which opinion we use? to guide us. Current research. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like it a lot. On that note, guys, team out. Team, team out. out.